welcome to the C-Pro Podcast. I'm executive editor Arlen Schweiger, and we are back for our first episode of 2022. Did you get to the annual CES event in Las Vegas this year? In case you missed it, CEPRO Editor-in-Chief Jason Knott was there, as he is almost every year checking out some of the new and emerging technologies and innovations. What were some of his highlights that will impact the custom integration industry in particular? Hear about some of the best this year CES had to offer as Jason joins me in this week's episode. As always, be sure to subscribe to CEPRO's YouTube channel and hit that like button on our videos, or subscribe to the CEPRO podcast on Apple and Spotify and leave a review. Jason Knott, editor of CE Pro, thanks for joining the podcast this week as an in-house guest, uh, fresh on the, the heels of your trip to CES in Las Vegas. It's exciting to be here, and it's going to be weird to be on the answering end of the questions, but I think I'm up for it. I think you're up for it, too. Uh, Jason, you attend CES every year. Obviously, this one was a bit different. Um, but it came after last year's was he- held digitally, so I know there was a lot of enthusiasm for it. What can you tell us just about what the you know the overall atmosphere was like um, in Las Vegas at the convention centers? Uh, just you know, in terms of comparisons to the typical year. Yeah, it was very exciting to be there. You know, and and I've been to every CES except for two. Obviously, the one there wasn't one last year. But the polar vortex year kind of wiped me out uh, one year with my flights. And then another year when my daughter was being born in 2004. But every year since 2000, I've been to the show and and I look forward to it, um, even though it is over the years become so crowded and so um, unmanageable that this was kind of a, a breath of fresh air, to be honest with you, because uh, I'm sure everybody saw the media reports that, you know, there were a lot of big brands that pulled out um, the audience in terms of the traffic. Uh, from what I've seen is about 70,000 attendees. I've seen that number cited by some media outlets, which is about, you know, a third of what it normally gets. They're normally in that 180 to 200,000 range. The number of booths went from over 4,000 to about 2,000. But I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I would say overall, for the companies that were there, they were successful. I think they, they had a good show, and I can tell you from my standpoint, I had a good show too. So it was different. As soon as you arrived at uh, McCarran Airport, they had a line, and this year they, they, they weren't letting people pick up their badges at the event. You had to get them at one of the remote locations, and they were very diligent. They had people checking vaccination cards. Um, some of the people in front of me in line actually were foreign guests. So they were having them uh, do the clear app and show their test notifications. I was listening to them. They, were, they had staff walking the lines. It was kind of a Disneyland aisle situation waiting to get your badges. Um, and then everybody who got a badge got a test kit. And each of the test kits, if anybody's done the self-test kits, it's got two tests in it. So they, you know, obviously weren't in your hotel room watching you take the test, but they were asking you to take those tests um, at the end of every day uh, during the show. So I came back clean, uh, which was great. And um, everybody was wearing a mask. So everybody was being very cautious regarding uh, the COVID situation. And um, it was great. So you felt like everything was was very, um, very well protected in terms of the health and safety precautions. I, I did see some of those photos of the test there, certainly. 
was it much more was it much less of an international influence with was that kind of one of the biggest things that was a difference than in past um years? it's it's a good question i mean i typically only pass through that shenzhen hall which is um near the west gate um on that north side of the show of the las vegas convention center so this year i didn't even get over um to that side to see if it was there but i'm guessing it, it wasn't there they did move some of the international halls for example they had some of the, some themed areas that were from japan and france and korea and israel they actually moved one of the japanese uh halls up into another level of the smart home space at the venetian so um they did their best to kind of accommodate some of the gaps in the show floor um but i'm i'm guessing that the international audience was down but obviously we don't have the official numbers yet sure so in the past several months, you've actually been to the in-person Cedia Expo. You've been to the in-person Infocom events. Uh, in talking to exhibitors, you know, at those shows compared to the exhibitors here, um, you know, what would you say were, were some of the overall impressions from their side in terms of, you know, benefits to perhaps a, a more scaled down show and, and their feelings of uh, their conversations and being able to show demos and things like that? Uh, to your point about, you know, CDA Expo, uh, Infocom, and now CES, I think it's a pattern, I would say a pattern of normalcy is what I'm starting to see. So people are realizing that, um, you know, we have to get back to business. And if we take the proper precautions, then uh, everybody can stay safe. Um, you know, sure, are there going to be some outbreaks? I'm sure there are. Luckily, knock on wood, this this Omicron, at least what you see on the news is, is uh, very mild. Um, I felt even more, quote unquote, super immune because both my wife and I had uh, got COVID the week after Thanksgiving. So from what our doctor had told us that we had stronger antibodies already built into our system. So I went into the show with, with uttermost confidence in terms of my health from a health standpoint. And I think everybody there just realized that if they took the proper precautions, and, uh, you know, there was a lot of elbow bumping, you know, and a lot of fist bumping that was taking place and um, very few hugs and, and, and a smattering of handshakes. All right. Well, let's talk about some of the technology, because that's obviously the big highlight of the show every year. Uh, in terms of big name brands that, that were exhibiting this year uh, and always kind of get the, the headlines from the show, what were you able to see? Uh, who did you go visit uh, for some of those larger companies? Yeah. So interestingly, let me start off with some of the larger companies that that at the last minute pulled out. Um, uh, so it was interesting. I have to give props to LG and LG had uh, they had a lot of stuff that they were planning to debut. We were getting all the press materials. We actually have a lot of it that's been posted on on CEPro.com already. Um, but they pulled out of the show. And normally everybody knows that their booth, they do you know, the curved displays and the waterfall and the tunnel and all sorts of different things that they've done over the years. So their marketing department was working overtime because what they did with their booth was they did it all in wood flooring and they did outlines of their booths over the years. And then they had signage that displayed what they did in 2016, what they did in 2015, what they did in 2019. And then you could take QR codes and take pictures of uh, that signage, and then it would give you a glimpse back to what those debuts were. Um, so it was kind of cool. And then they had seats uh, stationed like 
they're not really seats, they were more like stools all throughout the booth. And each one of the stools also had a QR code on it about a new product. So, um, so they did their best given that they did pull out. Now, other booths um, just turned their space into lounges. You know, it was literally a, a, a carpeted area with seating and they had, you know, this, this area sponsored by uh, Ring, for example, was one of them that pulled out. Um, so they had a lounge area that they, um, uh, that they sponsored. So um, there, now I, I give those props only because there were other spaces that were just bare concrete, you know, empty concrete, the company pulled out and they just did, they did nothing. So um, now of the booths that were there, it was disappointing. Sony had a, a remaining large booth. Um, Panasonic had turned theirs into a lounge, by the way, also. Sony um, didn't bring any displays. So their booth was a you know, very large space at the, at the Central Hall. They had their new Vision electric, electric car, which was getting a lot of the buzz, if everybody saw that on press day. They had a drone area, and then they had this thing called the Star Sphere personal satellite, which is kind of a cool idea that anybody can rent. They're gonna they're gonna deploy these very small satellites, and they had actually one of them there. It's you know a little bit bigger than a bread box, um, all around the the world, and then you can rent time on the satellite and have it take pictures. You see the or- orbit of it. So they all have various orbits. And so like when it's passing over your, your house, you could, you can rent it and have it take photos um, from space of your location. So it's kind of cool. Um, you know, live photos, live, you know, live, not just photos, live video, you know, that you could see of, of something. So that was interesting. Yeah. Very but different I do stuff. admit it was, it was disappointing. That they didn't have any of their, their, um, their, their displays there. So now the big booths that were there, um, Samsung had um, still its massive space. It was interesting, they walled off their booth. So their booth was completely walled off. You could not get in unless you had an appointment um, into the booth, which was interesting. Um, and then they had a lot of the same stuff that we've seen. They had a lot devoted to smart things and all the connectivity that they have there. They had their appliances, their smart appliance line, their bespoke line, which beautiful appliances and actually really industrial uh, look, but bring all almost like that design oriented to the industrial or, um, um, situation. So the next time you go into a laundromat, if you, if you see these, you might be amazed at how beautiful some of the appliances are even in a laundromat because they were bringing commercial level uh, or high design to commercial appliances. Um, from the integrator standpoint, they had, the frame there with the new matte finish so they had it side by side with some artwork like the mona lisa and things like that that was really neat to see um it even makes it look more uh like a painting uh and less like a um a television when it's off which was kind of cool they had of course the wall their giant micro led there um both for you know residential and commercial applications one of their other big themes was sustainability So they were talking about how they have completely redone their packaging and now the cardboard boxes can be repurposed. So they eliminated stickers, they eliminated staples, they're using um, different types of ink, sustainable ink, 
but they also the boxes have directions that you can fold them almost like origami into a cat house or a doll house or something that actually could be made into almost like a toy for for a kid so it was kind of a, a neat way i think to um to showcase this sustainability um one of the other big booths there was hisense and hisense you know in the last couple of years has come on really strong with its ultra short throw um, laser TV package that it's bringing to the custom market. Unbeknownst to me, I did not know they also have a connectivity line similar to what we're talking about with Samsung SmartThings. Um, theirs is called uh, Connect Life is what it's called. And they had a line of appliances that were connecting to that, which is interesting. But on the TV side, um, they're, the, the most fascinating things in their booth was they had side-by-side -side ultra short throw 120 inch displays that blended into a large display that was, you know, obviously very, very large. But the idea being that for $15,000, you could create something that looked like a micro LED wall that if it was micro LED would cost 500,000 or a million dollars, have all the weight, all the heat issues, this was done with two ultra short throw projectors. And then uh, the other thing that was kind of cool is that they, um, they have a new product called the um, PX1 ultra short throw that doesn't get packaged with a screen. So the idea is that integrators now can, can sell a high sense ultra short throw projector and then sell a higher end screen from one of the screen manufacturers uh, with it versus having to sell their packaged screen. So, um, so that That's was interesting. Cool. Yeah, it sounds it sounds a bit like um, you know some of the uh, the screen blending or projection blending uh, on the commercial side. I wonder if any integrators will get creative and use those in you know in a resimersal setting or something like that for a real uh, you know maybe more cost effective uh, solution for the commercial or resimersal clients too. Yeah, obviously that side by side uh, ultra short throw situation that I was mentioning really doesn't have any residential application because the the screen is so elongated that you couldn't the aspect ratio would be completely off on any movie that you tried to watch on that it's really a digital signage application um one other large booth that i will say there that was there was tcl and you know those that um brand of displays is really prominent at the retail level best buy uh, walmart target etc carry tcl but they had a really, really beautiful uh, and unbelievably thin uh, 8K screen there that was getting a lot of uh, buzz in terms of people just, you know, could not believe people were walking, circling around it because it was so thin. So that was uh, that kind of covers the big booths. Yeah. So some of the some of the usual dazzling displays uh, right there in TCL. Uh, in terms of other potential uh, impact on the custom channel, smart home, uh, audio side, uh, what about there in terms of what were some of the highlights that you saw, things that impressed you? Yeah, so um, on the audio side, I'll, I'll give a, a big shout out to uh, Vox International. So Vox, which is the um, parent company of Klipsch, and as everybody knows, per recently just purchased uh, Onkyo and Integra, um, and Pioneer Elite. So this, they've kind of repackaged these under what they're calling the premium brands. So they had a big portion of their booth. Vox 
the company also does a lot in the automotive space. So most of the booth was automotive, but they had this premium brands area that was devoted to, um, to um, those brands that I mentioned. Uh, and it was kind of cool when you entered in, it was kind of like a little bit of an Ikea thing where you had to go through a hallway and they had a tribute to all of these founding uh, people who ha had really, you know, brought these brands to prominence, Paul Klipsch being one of them. Uh, so it was kind of neat to kind of historically view some of those people that brought those brands. And then right out of the gate, you know, sticking on that same theme, they had the massive new Klipschhorn uh, 75th anniversary there, which is, uh, you know, old style look with all the new technology in it, which was really kind of neat to see. And then you kind of curled around the aisle and they had um, uh, little setups with Integra uh, receivers and um, and they also had the Klipsch, new Klipsch um, uh, Cinema 800 soundbar, which if you haven't seen that, really, really cool finish. It's got some metallic finishes on it, but also kind of neat. It has a very large display, decibel display of the sound level. So they were really the, the most prominent on the audio side. Most of the of the um, companies that, that would have been in the Venetian suites, the three floors of the Venetian suites um, had pulled out of the show. I know SVS was up there showing off its in-wall uh, subwoofer as well as its small footprint subwoofer. I heard from some individuals who got a chance to get up there. I didn't get over to those suites this year because most of my appointments, not most, all my appointments canceled um, from the booth. But um, those were kind of the, the highlights from the audio perspective. Yeah, but how about on the smart home, the smart home side, and then even some of the uh, emerging technology, which, you know, I know there's always some oddball, wacky stuff at, at CES, but a lot of it more is kind of seeping into the smart home ecosystem these days. What, um, what were some of the things that you either saw or heard about uh, going on in terms of just this expanding connected smart home ecosystem these days? Yeah, you know, I mentioned uh, Samsung Smart Things, and I mentioned that uh, you know Hisense has its own uh, uh, system. Uh, Bosch was there. Uh, Bosch, which also owns Thermador and Gagano appliances, um, they were there, and and they also, of course, is well known in the security space for their their um, analytics and their cameras. But they had a big space, and they were talking a lot about their Home Connect system. So. These big brands that seem to be kind of creating these um, ecosystems, as you said, mentioned, were, were uh, of prominence there. Um, Surecall was there. Um, they seem to be always there. They have kind of that um, portion of the business that goes direct to consumer for um, uh, cell phone signal boosting. But they were also prominently really showing off their new uh, Fusion for Home Max cell, phone, uh, cell signal booster. Uh, which integrators obviously can deploy in not only commercial applications, but large residential applications, and was one of the winners of the Mark of Excellence Awards from, from CTA. Um, over at the Venetian in the smart home area, the Z-Wave Alliance did have a big presence, and they had multiple um, members of the alliance there with um, their little kiosks within their booth. A couple of the ones that I got to check out, AirZone is there with a, their hub. So they have a hub that allows you to connect uh, and control mini splits, which was one of the reasons I had interest in it because um, the, our house has mini splits and I'm trying to figure out how to control those without having to put in a whole house control system on, uh, 
on this house that we just bought. So that's going to be something I think we actually turned our integrator right away to use. And then also Zeus was another company there. I don't know if they say Zeus or Zeus. I wanted to say Zeus, but it's Zeus, Z-O-O-Z. They had a line of new sensors, but they also had an automatic water shutoff valve there that I thought was was pretty cool. Um, Moen was also there, speaking of water, with its flow by Moen uh, shutoff system. But the, that's really the, the target for the integrators. But as the integrators start moving more and more into, um, you know, bringing smart water solutions, maybe that foot in the door is the shut automatic shutoff. But Moan was there with a smart shower with an integrated um, touch panel that goes inside, not touch panel, it was a keypad really, that goes inside of and had a digital readout um, inside the shower, but it has presets for, you know, the heat, uh, heat, uh, the water flow, the water pressure that you could use for various people. Um, they also had their voice command and gesture command uh, faucets um, there. So I think as more technology creeps into the kitchen and bath, you're going to see integrators um, looking to be able to control these devices um, and maybe possibly integrate them into whole house systems. There was one really kind of unique thing there. I'll say it's not really, I think, integratable, but there was a company there called um, Rainstick. And it was kind of cool because it was a shower that recirculates 80% of the water that, that goes down the drain and then hits it with ultraviolet light to cleanse it and purify it and then sends it back up to the shower head again. So really, again, sustainability was kind of, uh, you know, kind of a key theme there with that. With that. Right. And I, I think I remember reading about that one, too, before the before the show. And and what it really sounds like, based on everything that you were just saying, is that, you know, a lot of these categories that uh, are still kind of gaining traction in the integration community, the, the water leak detection, shutoff and controls, uh, the connected appliances. Are, we're really kind of at the forefront of, of what some of this CES had in store this year. Yeah, and I think for me personally, you know, the fact that there was fewer of the big booths, and I think for any attendee, you got a chance to maybe walk around and see some of these smaller booths that in the past you may not have had a chance to, to, to deal with. And, and speaking of the smarter booths, I have to mention the Eureka Park section, which was the downstairs level at uh, the Venetian Expo, which is formerly the Sands Expo. They've officially renamed it the Venetian Expo now. Um, and there's a lot of robots and there's a lot of gaming stuff there. Um, but I want to give, and then they have pavilions. They have like a French pavilion, an Italian pavilion, an Israeli pavilion, uh, Korea, Japan. So a couple of the things that I thought were kind of unique. One is I want to give a shout out to uh, integrator Ryan Hurd, who was there with his caregiver smart solution aging in place uh, system that uh, can be deployed. Um, by integrators and also sold directly to consumers. So congratulations to him. And then also there was a thing I caught that I saw called from a company called Parity Innovations. It's called the Parity Mirror. And if anybody ever remembers that um, movie Minority Report with Tom Cruise, where he was able to bring up the floating interface in front of him and, and manipulate things, that's exactly what it is. It's a, a touchable, um, swipeable, floating interface that that can float in front of you unbelievably cool i you know it's at it's at the stage now where it's not deployed 
but manufacturers, a manufacturer could work with them or buy the technology or wherever. It's a startup, um, but um, it could you can program it to be anything you want. And they had, you know, they had um, where you could where you were purchasing things and you could hit a keypad and it would bring up a can of uh, Campbell soup and spin it around floating in front of you. So it was really a sign of things to come, I think, um, for what when you go to that Eureka Park area. Sure, the the interface of the future. <laughs> yeah. So, lastly, Jason, and you had uh, you had briefly mentioned the Mark of Excellence Awards um, a little while ago, but you know one of the reasons you attend each year is because of CE Pro's relationship with CTA on the Smart Home Division Mark of Excellence Awards, uh, which you know also honor an Integrator of the Year and Leadership Award recipient, which which you won last year. Um, just to close off here with another shout out, what can you tell us about the companies that were honored this year, which you know, I know from, you know, your long tenure at CE Pro, you've had some good insight, uh, insights into uh, these winners of this year's awards. Yeah, it was disappointing, you know, just to, to go back to our earlier point about the efforts that CTA was making to try and make things safe. They moved many of the larger receptions to outdoor venues. So they brought outdoor, they brought in heating lamps and, you know, tents and those sorts of things. Um, this is one of the smaller receptions uh, at uh, CES every year. Unfortunately, the event, they ended up being uh, canceled. So we weren't able to have that in-person event, but that doesn't diminish uh, any, any, any way the, the winners and uh, what they were able to achieve, recognizing both the, from the product standpoint and the project standpoint. We have them up on cepro.com with a nice slideshow of the winners. Also, there's a gallery of all the entries there. So I invite everybody to check it out. Um, you know, particularly want to give shout outs to the integrator of the year selected by CTA, which was Logic Integration out of Lone Tree, Colorado. Um, many integrators know Sean Hansen, who's the founder of that company, um, a, a very prominent company in terms of uh, its operational expertise, but also its mix of commercial and residential, uh, which is really kind of a nice blueprint for a lot of integrators to look at. Also, I want to give kudos to Jim Lind who was the recipient of the CTA Smart Homes uh, Leadership Award. Jim is the um, uh, buyer at Nebraska Furniture Mart. Um, there's no truth to the rumor that they canceled the reception because they didn't want to hear Jim's speech. Um, but that's probably why the entire CTA canceled, uh, the show was canceled last year because I won it and nobody wanted to hear my speech. But congratulations to Jim. Congratulations to Sean and his company. And again, all this information is up on CEPro.com. Indeed, congratulations to everyone. And I'll just put in a plug for, for Sean. We'll be talking to him uh, on a future podcast episode as well. And uh, I know he attended the show. I saw some great photos that he had, he had posted as well. So on that note, Jason Knott from CEPro and annual perennial CES attendee. Thanks for a, a wrap up of this year's show. It was great to hear from someone who was at the event. Mm -hmm.